at the intersection of life and money. This is Everyday Wealth with award-winning journalist Soledad O'Brien and personal finance expert Gene Chatsky. Presented by Edelman Financial Engines, ranked by Barron's as the number one investment advisor in the country. Now, here's Gene Chatsky and Soledad O'Brien. Hey everyone, I'm Jean Chatsky. And I'm Soledad O'Brien, and you are listening to Everyday Wealth. So on previous shows, we've talked about the role that finances play in our romantic relationships. So we thought this week we'd take that theme a little bit farther. It's thought that at least four out of ten families in the U.S. are blended, which means that at least one of the partners has been married before and is bringing kids into the new relationships. So it's pretty common, I guess, but it also obviously can be pretty complex, especially Especially when it comes to your finances to figure out like, so what's yours, mine and ours and the stepkids and your dog from your first marriage and also those other, you know, it just gets complicated. And Soledad, I think we should just retitle this episode. Let's talk about Jean's life because, <laughs> because that's exactly what we live in my house every single day. I'm on my second marriage. It, it will be my last marriage. Let me just put that right out there. And um I came into this marriage with two kids. My husband came into the marriage with two kids. We both had fairly fully formed financial lives and responsibilities that needed to stay on each of our plates. And yeah, complicated is a vast understatement. So we're going to dig into all of it. So much of what we talk about on this show is personal. Money is personal. And if you want to work with somebody who will spend some time really getting to know you and your personal finances, give the folks at Edelman Financial Engines a call at 833-PLAN-EFE or or go to planefe.com. Okay, we have got to get to a look at the financial news. I was pulling together some thoughts and, and thinking of Spinning Wheel, the song, you know, what comes up must come down. Today, let's talk about how that applies to two darlings of the past couple of years, crypto and SPACs. So let's do crypto first. It has been down big following the collapse of what's called Terra USD. That is a so called stable coin that is supposed to provide a hedge against volatility. Well, fast forward, it didn't. And crypto has sold off really big, including Bitcoin down 50%. And then shares in SPACs as well. SPACs are special purpose acquisition companies. They're public companies that raise a pool of money and then they go out and look for a private company to merge with and take public in a backdoor sort of way. Well, there is this two-year clock on how much time SPACs have to find a target. And for many SPACs, that clock is running out fast. So if you invested in a SPAC or two that fails, they actually have to return the money to investors and forfeit the money that the creators put in to set it up. So let's switch gears now to talk about the financial considerations for blended families. So at least 16% of children in this country are living in blended family households, 8% with a step parent, 12% with step siblings, half siblings. And when you start to try to level the playing field in terms of fairness when it comes to money, it gets complicated. Yeah, I, I would imagine. And since this you were saying is a bit of your story, I'd love to understand when this came up 
in your, oh my God, I'm going to dig so much into Ooh. the personal life of Jean Chasky. <laughs> I'm this getting a little actually, scared. Here I'm go. a little uncomfortable. Because <laughs> I was like, so when you and your husband were dating, like when did that come up? I don't think I had really good conversations with my now spouse about money. I mean, we had none, so that helped. We didn't really have anything to discuss. You know, but as we grew together, then we started thinking about how you piece things together. But I think when you're blending a family, you actually kind of have to be thinking of that even maybe before you're actually convinced you're going to get married. Is that true? Not until you're convinced you're going to get serious. When you're just dating, you can leave it on a bit of a a high level. And, you know, for many blended families, it's a long time before each of you meet the other's kids. You're walking very carefully. Um, for my husband and I, when we knew we were going to get married is when we started talking about how we were going to manage the money in the family. And quite frankly, I was the one who was like, yeah, no, we are not blending. I had been the one to move out of my family house when I got divorced and I bought another house. And he was like, I'll just buy into the mortgage. I'm happy to contribute. And I was like, you will not buy into the mortgage. This is my house because I had read the statistics on how many second marriages end in divorce. They're not pretty. And I never wanted to be in the situation again where I would have to move. And I didn't have to move. That makes my ex-husband sound like a terrible guy. He's not a terrible guy. We're actually good friends. And it made more sense for me to move. The other house was on a huge piece of property, and I did not want to take care of it. And so, you know, we came to that conclusion. But I wanted to know that the choices that I had facing me in the future were going to be my choices. So then walk me through some of the things that like almost in a checklist, what you had to think about, because again, first marriage, right? A lot of the stuff you're not thinking about. What kinds of questions should you be thinking about when it comes to your home? So are you selling your old home? Are you buying a new home? Whose name is going to be on the deed for that home, on the title of that home? How are you planning to hold on to it? Okay, savings accounts. What do you need to know about that? So if either one of you has investments and brokerage accounts like 401ks and IRAs, you know, first of all, you have to make sure that coming out of your divorce, they're they're accurately accurately titled and named, but you're going to have to look at your beneficiaries and and make sure that your beneficiaries are up to date because beneficiaries on these accounts, they supersede a will. Debt, I guess the big question is Do you have it and how much of it do you have? But what other questions? Well, no, that is the question, right? Do you have it? How long is it going to continue? Are we looking at student loan debt? Are we looking at child support, spousal support, any sort of a tricky custody situation? This is one of those things that people don't talk about often enough, right? But you got to come clean about what you owe before you get into a new relationship. Yeah, they don't talk about often enough, but they fight about it Mm -hmm. at some really bad 
points down the line. Um, education. Is that just your vision for your kids' education, your kids, his kids' education? It, it's your agreement with your former spouse as well. Like, are you paying for college? Are you contributing to a 529? What have you previously agreed that you are going to continue to do? And then it gets into this fairness question that I think is a layer over all of these questions. So if let's say your children's education is taken care of, but you've got stepchildren now and the thinking was that they would take out student loans. Well, how does that sit with you at this point? And do you want to contribute to your stepchildren's education? Fairness is such a good topic of conversation. I'm glad that we're going to be digging into that. And then parents and elder care, because of course that is an expense and, and an expense where you don't necessarily know where it's going to go. Right. And, and what role do you want to play in terms of the care and the housing of your new spouse's parents? Um, will you share that responsibility? Is that something that you could see playing a role in? I, I've talked a lot about how we are living in Philadelphia. One reason we're living in Philadelphia is because my mother lives in Philadelphia. She is our last remaining parent. And I got to say, when I come to New York to do the radio show, most weeks my husband has dinner with my mother. So he's in. Oh, we love him. Yeah. Uh, did you know, I mean, because of your background working in finance, but did you know like the details of this long list before you got divorced? I mean, or was it a surprise that you kind of discovered as you were now thinking about like, wow, if I get remarried, there's a lot of work that has to be done. You're an expert in the field, obviously. Did you know it all? I, I did, definitely didn't know it all. And I think I didn't discover a lot of it until years in. I just went through the exercise of redoing my will since we moved to Philadelphia. And a lot has changed since we got remarried more than a dozen years ago, and there are still decisions that we're making about when children come into money. And again, the fairness issue, and it's it's not neat and clean. It's messy and dirty. And if you don't have open conversations about it, I think it's the kind of thing that really can mess up a relationship. Yeah, and the fairness issue is so important, whether you're dealing with a blended family or not, frankly, mm -hmm. right? Because, yeah. whew, have I seen some messes on that front and not in blended families, just in regular old families that are trying to figure it out. And it is very complicated at times. So, Jean, we got an email really about this. Alex from Longmont, Colorado, emailed us and said, Jean surprised me. And Soledad, yes, we're on the same team, me and Alex, um, when she said that she keeps her money separate from her husband. What are her reasons for that? So what are your reasons for that? It sounds extremely complicated to have yours and his, and then you have to take money out, and then it has to go into the hours, and then that all gets managed. Like, who runs that? Who manages that? So it's super easy, actually, at this point. We know what our monthly nut is going to be. We know what covers that monthly nut. And so automatically, every single month, money just gets transferred out of my checking account and out of his checking account into the household account that is used to pay these joint expenses. But when 
I got remarried, my husband was in his very high spending years. His kids are a little bit older than mine. They were in college. He was responsible for paying for a lot of college. My kids weren't there yet. I was just socking money away to pay for college in the future and putting everything together and then trying to figure out, okay, let's take this to pay for these college expenses and this to take and save it for future college, it was hugely complicated and keeping those things separate was easier. The other reason is I'm a much bigger shopper than my husband and I never want to have to feel bad about that. If I want to go and spend money on whatever, if I want to give money to a charity that he doesn't particularly believe in, it's my money. I work for it and I don't believe that anybody gets a say in that. We merged everything in my first marriage, and, and the second time around, it is it is different, and it is complicated. As you know, this show is sponsored by Edelman Financial Engines, and EFE is ranked by Barron's as the number one RIA in the country. I bring it up because as we dig into these topics and strategies, we know there are so many people out there who could just benefit from the help and the guidance of a professional wealth planner. So if this is you, and you're not working with somebody, or you are working with somebody and you just don't like them very much, you can call 833-PLAN-EFE or visit planefe.com. So excuse me for interrupting. We got to take a quick break, but we're going to be right back with more Everyday Wealth. Shouldn't you make sure your legacy is protected and carefully maintained? Join us for our brand new webinar, Estate Planning, Strategies That Can Strengthen Your Legacy, on Tuesday, May 24th at 3 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. It's easy to sign up. Just register now at planefe.com. This is the story of the most perfect house in the entire neighborhood surprisingly coming up for sale. It was the envy of every neighbor who drove past it, beautifully landscaped, freshly remodeled, and priced right. It was so incredible that two neighbors, not to mention you, wanted to buy it. The competition called up their realtors to put their homes on the market, but you... You were smarter. You went to Orchard. This is Colleen O'Brien, recently experienced in this stressful housing market. But with Orchard, you knew they could turn you into a preferred cash buyer for that home without having to sell your home first. Nothing gets the attention of a home seller like a cash offer. And so Orchard helped you swoop in with the winning cash offer and you got the house. If you're tired of losing to other bidders or feeling stuck on the sidelines because you'd have to sell your home first, become a cash buyer now. Find out how at Orchard.com. That's Orchard.com. Hey, it's Todd Herman for Dr. Lee Yardley, D.C. at the Yardley Institute. You know, I've met hundreds of patients of Dr. Yardley. I've talked with probably 30 of them. I want to tell you a tale of two patients. One person had arthritis. She couldn't move her hands anymore, couldn't garden. Other gentleman had been a fighter, worked on a factory floor, big, big dude, could no longer turn his head side to side, was facing surgery. Now, our arthritis patient, she was told, that's it, you need the pills, got to stand the pills your whole life. The gentleman was facing a fusing of his neck. Dr. Lee Yardley looked at this in a different way. He looked at the brain-body connection. Is it compromised? 
And it was with both of these patients. Dr. Lee Yardley, in a very gentle, non-invasive way, restored the brain-body connection of both those folks, and things are monumentally better. He's done it for me. He's done it for people with fibromyalgia, with sciatica, with neuropathy, and he can help you. If you're in pain, call and see if you're a candidate for care at the Yardley Institute. 866-704-1047. Thank you for joining us. We're back with you on Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. Hey, everybody, I'm Soledad O'Brien here with Gene Chatsky, and we're continuing our conversation on the financial considerations for blended families. Joining us is Jason Cowens. He's an Edelman Financial Engines Wealth Planner from Chandler, Arizona. Welcome back to the show, Jason. Where the heck is Chandler, Arizona? We're about 20 minutes south of Phoenix. In, in our last segment, Jean was walking us through her personal life, her setup as a blended family, and how she and her husband approached their finances And I'm curious, how many people do you see in a similar situation who come into your office with a new spouse or about to be new spouse and say, how do we navigate this? Can you walk us through that? Yeah, well, first, Gene, I have to applaud you. Your situation is not typical. Usually it's a knockdown, drag out fight. Really? Yes. And and is that your job, Jason, to have that knockdown, drag out fight with people? Well, I have to give them the ability to let me be the bad guy for them. So if I have a client who's getting married, first off, congratulations. And are you sure? Right? No, oh, no. Right? That's harsh. Well, the idea is they've worked hard to create this wealth, and I want to make sure it's protected. So I look at it as I want you to use me as the bad guy in the room to say, Jason thinks we should discuss a prenup. Jason thinks we should review expenses. When you are saying get a prenup, do you get pushback from people? I mean, my husband and I have a prenup. We knew we were going to have a prenup way before we had a prenup. Well, yeah, I would say it's a mix. It's either yes or no. They are afraid of asking the question or they know they need. I've, there's not a lot of gray area. So the clients who are afraid of asking the questions, they're the ones that I can say, let's have a conversation. And if you're coming into this of unequal means, what you're saying is, Gene, like you talked about, the second marriage is a very unique situation that sometimes I think it's a higher rate of divorce than the first marriage. It is. And so we have to be adults. We have to have the reality of like, We're going to love each other forever. And if we don't, let's make sure we have a game plan. So what's your bottom line, Jason? Who needs a prenup and who doesn't? I would say when I have a couple where it is a big difference in asset levels that they're coming to the table, those are the clients that really need to be protected the most because they have the most to lose. So if you're coming in and you have millions of dollars and your new spouse is in debt, you are a person who, especially if you're my client, I'm going to say... The reality is that this may not be your last marriage. This is a protection factor for your kids. That's what it usually is about. Can I just add something? It's not always divorce where a prenup is the protecting factor. So I've talked about my mom, right? On the show, my mother is in her 80s, and we just lost my stepfather. They got married when he was about 75 and she was about 70. They got a prenup, and that prenup has been pretty protective in death. It's like an additional layer with the will and with the estate plan. It's another document that gives your wishes a little bit of room to breathe. Can you explain to me between a a community property state or a common law state, sort of the pluses and minuses, obviously California, community property state. So when we hear about celebrities getting 
divorced, we know that they have to split things equally. Is that right? Yeah. And to go back to the, the idea of the yours, ours, and mine, right? That's a lot of things that you can look at. Like in Arizona, it's a community property state. So if you're coming in as a second marriage, having the conversation going, are you going to keep these assets in your sole name? Are you going to keep those as mine? Are you going to have new marital assets that are going to be part of the community property that effectively helps minimize some taxes after you're gone in the community property state? But you also have to think about if you're coming in and you have millions of dollars and your new spouse is in debt, right? If you start to combine assets and you now are sued, those combined assets are part of that judgment. So really understanding your state laws, common law, a little different. You can kind of segment. You never blend assets. You never have to worry about that pre-marriage. But community property gets a little trickier, especially for new second marriages. I heard you, Jason, dance around the FICO score there. I do not believe people share their FICO scores on dates. Wait, not on date. Well, not on dates. No. No. It's one of those important questions because if you're marrying someone, they're coming to you, like you said, that pre-existing relationship with kids, parents. They have a pre-existing relationship with money. You have to understand that dynamic. And the FICO score after you've been married, you can see a lot of their issues. You can see, do they have lots of debt? Do they have lots of credit cards? Did they dig themselves out of debt, right? You can see a lot of that on the FICO score. So, Jason, if you had to lay out three concrete steps that families that were thinking they might be blending should go through, what would they be? So the first one is really... Uh, evaluating your your beneficiary designations. Make sure those are up to date with the new spouse. Having the conversation on, as you're looking at your expenses, who pays what? Are you looking at a joint account versus individual accounts where you have a pooled house account? And third piece is bring the families together. You should be having this conversation early to talk through who's going to do what, who is going to be the executor, why aren't you the executor? So those are the three, three big pieces. How would you describe the emotional state of the people who who come in? It's complicated and, it, and it's emotional, right? Talking about money just in general is emotional. So I've accepted the reality that I have to be personally comfortable, not always having the dark conversation, but having the real conversations and not being afraid to say, we're going to get through this together. I know it's emotional. But if you're leaving my office without thinking of something, I did it wrong, right? I want you to leave my office going, we do need to dig a little bit deeper. I wasn't expecting him to ask me that question. That's the value I bring. And having those difficult conversations are why we say, if you're not working with someone, reach out to us, right? We have a whole host of planners nationwide. Happy to have this conversation. Feel free to call us at 833-PLAN-EFE or visit the website planEFE.com. So I have friends who have therapists, right? They're big on therapy and they have his therapist and her therapist. And once a month, both the therapists and the couple get together for a combined meeting. So if you are the financial advisor for one of these people in this now blending family, when you all get together, should the other person bring their advisor? Do you all sit down together? How does that work? I don't think I've ever had the situation where the new spouse has their own advisor. And I, and I would say that would be a valuable conversation because if we're not seeing things eye to eye and we're talking about a blended strategy, if their investment philosophy is different than mine, I want to make sure we're addressing that. So the more the better, right? I'm happy having conversations with attorneys, CPAs, insurance agents, their kids. I'm open for those conversations. 
So we've got to take a short break, but you want to stick around because next up we're going to be joined by Erin Smith. She's the director of estate planning at Edelman Financial Engines to talk about the importance of estate planning for blended families. I'm Soledad O'Brien along with Jean Chatsky, and we will be back in just a moment. You've worked hard to build wealth. Shouldn't you make sure your legacy is protected and carefully maintained, especially for your loved ones? Don't miss our new webinar, Estate Planning, Strategies That Can Strengthen Your Legacy, on Tuesday, May 24th at 3 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. It's easy to sign up. Just register now at planefe.com. You know you worked hard to build your wealth. You also know one must plan for the twists and turns ahead. The children growing up. It's Todd Herman for Dr. Lee Yardley, D.C. at the Yardley Institute. The first time I met with the doctor, he explained the brain-body connection, and it makes perfect sense. Let me just ask you a quick question. It's blunt, but it's true. If the brain-body connection is severed, what happens? Well, it's the worst, right? What if it's impacted? Well, it's not quite the worst, but it's pretty bad. Fibromyalgia, neuropathy, sciatica. These conditions have names and they have real pain attached to it. I've experienced that. Dr. Lee Yardley uses a very gentle, non-invasive method to restore the brain-body connection. What that does is it allows the body to heal itself. That's one thing to have it explained to you. It's another thing to feel it, and I have felt it in my body. I felt changes in my body two days after the first treatment, and after that, the joint pain was gone, and I've met hundreds of patients who had the same experience. If you're in pain, call and see if you're a candidate for care at the Yardley Institute, 866-704-1047. It's 866-704-1047. U.S. Patents. And that's why our experts help coordinate every facet of your financial life. Wealth planning, investment management, estate planning, insurance, and more. For more ways to take your wealth potential to a new level, call Edelman Financial Engines and schedule a free, no-obligation meeting with an advisor today. Reach us at 833-PLAN-EFE or visit planefe.com. That's planefe.com. Edelman Financial Engines offers integrated wealth planning to coordinate all aspects of your financial life, now and wherever your future may take you. Visit planefe.com. Thank you for joining us. We're back with you on Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Jean Chatsky here with Soledad O'Brien. This week, we are digging into blended families, and they're often very complicated finances. Fortunately, every week, we are guided by experts from Edelman Financial Engines. And if you've got somebody to talk to about your finances, great. If you don't, you can call 833-PLAN-EFE or go to planefe.com, and someone at Edelman Financial Engines will be happy to help. And today, we've got two experts with us. Jason Cowens is a wealth planner from Chandler, Arizona. He's been walking us through what families need to consider as they're blending. And now we're turning to future planning. For that, we're bringing in Erin Smith. She is Director of Estate Planning at Edelman Financial Engines. Hey, Erin, great to have you with us. I'm delighted to be here. 
So when we were talking with Jason just a moment ago, you know, about people coming in to try to navigate, I have a new spouse and what that's going to look like from financial planning. I'm curious about how you think about estate planning in that same perspective. So I have this conversation all of the time with clients. I know that Jason does as well about the importance of not only having an estate plan, but making sure it's contemporaneous for, for what you'd like to happen. Um, but an estate plan is, it's not simply a will, but it might be a will and a revocable trust. But there are also ancillary estate planning documents. So it's a durable power of attorney and a healthcare proxy. So those are the documents that come into play while you're still alive, but you might be incapacitated or you might need someone to help you with your finances. It can include a living will, which is a document where you state your end of life wishes. Do you want someone to pull the plug? Do you want to hang on as long as possible? It can include burial instructions. So what do you want to happen to you when you're gone? And then also when we're looking at holistic estate planning, it's also looking at those non-probate assets, those things are going to pass outside of your will or your revocable trust, such as IRA beneficiary designations, a 401k beneficiary designation, life insurance beneficiary designations. It's all part of the holistic estate planning process. What is it about a blended family that makes all of this so much more complicated? Estate planning with blended families can be kind of easy. If it's what's yours is yours, what's mine is mine, that can be easy. With blended families, I think those ancillary estate planning documents are so important because who do you want to make healthcare decisions for you if you're not able to? Do you want it to be your, your adult children or do you want it to be your new spouse? Those questions are really important too if, if mom and dad aren't married because for many children, many children just assume they're going to be their parents' healthcare proxy, even after they've remarried or if they're just living with someone. You know, I, I recently had this conversation with my mom. My mom is in her 60s. She's in a committed relationship with a man. They have a house. They have a cat. But they're not married. And they don't plan to marry. And so I had the conversation with my mom. If, if anything happens to you, I'm making the healthcare decisions, Right. And she very thoughtfully said, no, I'd like that to be my companion. And I was a little taken aback, but it makes perfect sense. But it's important to have those conversations. Um, so even if parents aren't necessarily comfortable having an estate planning conversation with their children and sharing issues, talking about their net worth, I think it's important to have the conversations about Who's going to be the agent under the durable power of attorney? Who's going to be the healthcare proxy? Because you just don't want the surprises because surprises can potentially lead to arguments. And that's just not a good thing when someone's in the hospital or someone's recently passed away. I think you're right. I think if you have older children from your first marriage who might feel like, well, I, I know my, my, my mom or my dad better than their new spouse knows mom or dad. I, they've been in my life longer. Or, you know, I understand their values better than a, a new spouse might. Have you had to, to help people navigate that conversation? It sounds very um, potentially very dramatic and very uh, could end badly. You're absolutely correct. It's the navigation piece. It's one awkward Thanksgiving dinner where you're sitting down with the children, you're sitting down with the new spouse, and you're having the conversation about 
who is making healthcare decisions? Who's going to be my agent under my durable power of attorney, which means who's going to pay the bills if I can't do it? Who's going to cancel the streaming service? As well as where am I going to be buried? The kids might think I want to be buried in Ohio in the family cemetery plot while my new husband and I have discussed being cremated with our ashes scattered on the golf course in Florida. Don't let that conversation be a surprise because that's when things turn really ugly. I love the visual of one awkward Thanksgiving dinner. I just, I, you know, if, if we could settle all of this at one terrible Thanksgiving, families across the country would be, would be so much better off. I mean, for me, one of the thorniest issues was I have, I have trusts set up for my children and deciding who was going to be the trustee for that, right? I mean, I'm I'm no longer married to their their father. Um and as I thought about all right, if something were to happen to me, who is going to have the best interests of my children at heart? I decided to make my ex-husband the the trustee. I decided that that was actually in the best interest of my kids. So he's actually co-trustees with my mother. And I figured they'll they'll keep each other honest. That sounds a little awkward, though. Like, how did your new husband feel about, you know who I'd love to loop into this trust? Yeah, you know, he didn't love it, quite frankly. But... These are trusts for my children. This is money that existed before I came into the marriage. You know, going back to the conversation about my money and his money, he got over it pretty quickly. And I have his ex-wife for Thanksgiving every year. So I think it's even. Well, here's one other piece to add. Don't forget about the power that is the corporate trustee. So you have the option that it doesn't have to be friends or family that you can hire typically an attorney that they can sort through that level of being the trustee if you didn't have that great relationship with your ex-spouse. That's another avenue to explore with clients. And, you know, Gene and Jason, talking about the choice of trustee, that's a huge and important conversation. Being a trustee or being an executor isn't an easy job. And so you really want to be thinking about who's the best person. So let's say that under your estate plan, you want to create a trust for the benefit of your wife so that she'll have assets if she needs them. And whatever she doesn't need might pass to your children at her death. Well, who should be the trustee of that trust? Should it be your wife? Should it be your kids? Should it be both? Don't do that. It always sounds great on paper. It never works out. Or do you want that neutral third party? As Jason said, do you want a corporate trustee? Would you like an attorney, another trusted friend? But those are also important conversations that people don't necessarily think about. They tend to default to their oldest child. Well, maybe your oldest child has a job and four kids and isn't going to have the runway to be the executor of your estate. Hey, Aaron, I've heard the term spendthrift trust. What is that? So spendthrift trust is a trust that's drafted in a way that can protect um, the assets of the trust from a beneficiary's creditors. So for example, if you set up a trust for your child, it can be drafted in such a way that if your child has debts, um, and that can be credit card debt, that can be an automobile accident, that can be a potential former spouse or soon to be former spouse, that those assets are protected from collection from creditors. 
so that so a credit card company would not be able to attach those assets. Those assets wouldn't be subject to a property dissolution upon divorce. I think, Soledad, that we could dance around this subject for many, many hours, but we'll come back to it on another show. If, if you've got a question on this subject or any or subject. comment. I want to hear what people have to say. Like, where did it go wrong when they were doing blended family math? Um, what worked out? What was something that was a good strategy? Yeah, 100%. And if you want to chime in, we want to hear it. You could do that by visiting us at planefe.com. Just click on the Everyday Wealth page to submit it. So let's stop for a moment. We've got to take a quick break. We'll be right back to talk about buying the dip. Stay with us. On Tuesday, May 24th, Edelman Financial Engines is hosting a brand new webinar called Estate Planning, Strategies That Can Strengthen Your Legacy. This will be a conversation with Director of Estate Planning, Rodney Weaver. Now is a good time to plan for the future with an estate plan designed for your unique situation. So join us for our new webinar, Estate Planning, Strategies That Can Strengthen Your Legacy, on Tuesday, May 24th at 3 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. It's easy to sign up. Just register now at planefe.com. Coming in at five foot three inches, it's number one mom. She switched to Xfinity and got the all new three for one bundle. Unlimited internet, streaming, and Xfinity mobile. All for what you could pay wireless companies for just one 5G unlimited line. Boom shakalaka. That's why they call her the master of moolah, the sultan of savings, the queen of cash. And now, also with Xfinity Internet, you can get unlimited data, Wi-Fi equipment, and a free Flex 4K streaming box included with a two-year rate guarantee and no-term contract. All for just $30 per month when you add an Xfinity mobile plan at regular rates. Go to Xfinity.com slash 3-for-1, call 1-800-XFINITY, or visit an Xfinity store today. Limited time offer. Restrictions apply. Requires paperless billing and auto pay. New fast internet 300 megabits per second customers only. Xfinity Mobile requires post-pay Xfinity internet. After 24 months, regular rates apply to all services and devices. I'm a jewelry designer on the team at Shane Company. And yes, we're the place for beautifully crafted classics. But we're also excited about our new styles. Here's some of our favorites. First off, our new opal pendant. It's absolutely gorgeous. The play of color on the stone is just mesmerizing. And it's the perfect centerpiece to layer with chains. Next are Zodiac charms, accented with diamonds. Add them to a necklace with other charms to tell your story. You'll love our stud earrings in aquamarine, the color of the moment. With the diamond halo, the serene blue really stands out. Another super stylish option, our gemstone by the yard necklace. Choose either London blue topaz, amethyst, or peridot. We have matching bracelets too. Last but not least, our new jewelry collection with pepper diamonds. These styles feature uniquely shaped diamonds with streaks of black. They're just so cool. You've got to see them. Come in and see what's new. Now you have a friend in the jewelry business, Shane Company and ShaneCo.com. May is Maytag month, the hardest working month of the year, when you can save on hardworking Maytag performance. Like laundry pairs that make clothes think twice before getting dirty again. Refrigerators that make cold your new favorite flavor. And dishwashers that eat caked on oatmeal for breakfast. Don't wait. Put the hardest working month of the year to work for you and save big on Maytag appliances now through June 1st. Because May is Maytag month. 
you can unlock more cash than you realize from your home's equity with a cash out refinance today. In the last year, average home values have gone up nearly 20%. And with Rocket Mortgage, you can unlock thousands in less than three weeks. But you've got to act right now before rates go up. So when you're looking to unlock the cash in your home, Rocket can. Call 8338-ROCKET today or go to rocketmortgage.com to get started. Rocket. Rates current at the 1221-1221. Thank you for joining us. We're back with you on Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Soledad O'Brien, along with Gene Chatsky. Most weeks on Everyday Wealth, Gene will do a quick review in the beginning of the show on what's been happening in financial news. This week, we purposely kept it short, knowing that we'd be digging in a little deeper this segment on something called buying the dip. Joining us today is Edelman Financial Engines wealth planner, Jason Cowens. What's buying the dip? So this year, the S&P has already fallen 16%. That's the worst start in a century. The theory is, this is the low of the market. This is the most opportune to buy while it's on sale with the hopes that it goes up in the future. The dip. The conversations I'm having with clients are, is this the dip? Could it go down more? Or are there other alternatives to buying into the dip? Would you say that this is a good environment to go forward? A lot of clients I'm having conversation with is they've been doing it on a regular basis. They have enough hold back in cash because cash is paying nothing. They've already started it. I think some of it, though, is having the conversation on are you going to be using these dollars in the near term? Because that's always my fear on these need to be long-term dollars if you're buying into the dip, because if it's a short-term mindset, you're more likely to get it wrong more often than right. What I think is that we're seeing so much more volatility this time around that this dip buying strategy has gotten complicated. It used to be you would have a very clear dip and the dip would sort of pause and you would know that you would have a, a chance to get in. And now the numbers have gotten so big, the markets are rocketing up by close to a thousand points in a trading session, at least several hundred points in a trading session. It makes it more difficult to know where the dips are, which is why I think instead of seeing headlines that say people are buying the dips, we're seeing headlines that say, should people buy the dips? Where are the dips? You know, is this strategy even viable anymore? When I've seen, I think, smaller retail investors are the ones that are really looking at this strategy. And, and it is that should they or shouldn't they? And I always try and remind people that the beauty about the market is every year, going back to the 60s, there's always been some inner year drawdown that I think the last number I saw was average about 14%. So I agree. It feels different. It feels more volatile. But if you're of the opinion that this is a buying opportunity, let's think through how you're doing it is the priority. And I'm trying to remind people, it's like, if you're going to be doing this strategy, you have to think of it as a, this isn't an all or none conversation. It should be what percentage are you doing in a globally diversified portfolio? If you have this play account, realize how much of this play account that you're buying into and how bad could it get in that buying the dip. So really, it's the distinction between your long money and your play money. When we talk about dollar cost averaging, Jason, when we talk about 
you know, people putting money into the markets with every paycheck through their 401ks or once a month through an automatic investment account, don't they automatically buy the dips? Isn't that strategy a way of ensuring that you are buying the markets at all levels? That's what I love about the 401k, because if you get paid twice a month, you get 24 opportunities. I do have some clients where when they are think we're in a buying environment, they turn up how much they're doing, right? So instead of trying to max fund their 401k by December, they try and do it over a six-month period, or they increase it. So they're changing the automatic nature because they know if you're under 50, they're going to cut you off at 20500 You don't even have to think about that. A lot of the conversations I'm having with clients are those who are regularly doing that with their 401k. They don't want to make any changes. We're talking about their outside accounts. And I try and remind them, well, the same way your 401k does a dollar cost averaging, you can create your own little manual dollar cost averaging into a brokerage account. I'm a big believer on making the math simple. So I say if you have this extra amount of money and you think the market's going to be volatile for 10 months, do 10 small bite-sized pieces. You've now created your own shortened dollar cost average. If along that 10-month period, you get really, really excited because the market's way, way down, you can add more in addition to your normal dollar cost averaging strategy. We've seen a lot of action over the past year with with retail investors and, and particularly retail investors with social media and meme stocks, right? The AMCs, the GameStops of the world. And I think retail investors got this inflated sense of their own power, right? They got this sense that, hey, you know, if we talk about this on Reddit and then we encourage everybody to either hold on or get in or get out, we can move markets. Where does all of that play into the conversation about buying the dip? So I have some clients who just love to follow the markets and they love all that technical data. So if they like following those numbers, I'll say, use that as your governor. I tend to say, let's make this a much more boring conversation, right? We're not trying to buy one particular hot stock per se. If you're going to be buying the dip with a dollar cost averaging, whatever your risk level is across all of your portfolios, we can say, is this going to be some unique carve out that you may want to say, well, these dollars are going to be earmarked for my grandchild and I want to load up the 529 in this down market. That's a buying the dip, but it's now earmarked to something else, right? And I still go back to making sure they're not being too speculative. Don't buy one individual stock, right? My job is to make it boring enough to be effective, and let's come up with a strategy that makes sense to your situation, your family situation, but never a big fan of trying to bet it all on black. Have you found that more people seek out wealth planners at a time when there's lots of volatility, or do they hide from wealth planners at a time when there's volatility? Because I think maybe some people think like, you know, it's, it's all falling down. I can do that all by myself. I can manage this. I feel like we get a lot of our new clients during these down markets because we're actively talking to our clients and some other advisors aren't. I think people reach out to you during markets like this because we realize that we're not brilliant. In a a bull market, everybody is a brilliant (laughs) investor. And when the markets start to fall, you realize, oh, my God, I need some strategy. There are two sides of volatility, up and down. Being up, I don't want you to make any changes. Being down, I don't want you to make any changes. But it's really part of my job to know which clients 
I may have to be talking down off the ledge versus which clients I know when I call them, they go, why are you calling me? Go talk to other people who really need your help. And knowing that relationship with each individual client matters. So much of financial planning seems to be like carefully holding and and comforting and managing expectations and metaphorical hugging and talking them off the ledge and uh, telling them, you know, like, let's walk through the future here. Hold my hand. Is that sometimes how you see your job? Oh, yeah. The best compliment I ever received was someone said, you know, you're like my financial bartender. I'm just going to sit at your bar. I'm going to talk to you. He goes, I always take what you say and I really ponder it. And that's the relationship we're trying to create with our clients. I try and remind them that this relationship isn't simply about investments or performance. There's so much more to wealth planning, right? So whether it's education, life insurance, uh, long-term care, disability, mortgages, debt, all those fun things are really all-encompassing. And it's really our job, our role to say, what are the pieces of the pie that we need to be focusing on? And it's not always just down markets. If you do have questions or concerns, always feel free to reach out to us at 833-PLAN-EFE or go to the website at planefe.com. Jason, thank you very much. For Gene and for me, that is Everyday Wealth. If you've got a question on a topic that you'd like to hear us discuss or or you have something you want to add, uh, just go to planefe.com and click on the Everyday Wealth page. We'd love to hear from you. You can also download our podcast right there on the Everyday Wealth page at planefe.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're enjoying this radio show or listening to us on a podcast that you downloaded or are streaming, fantastic. I'd love it if you'd check out my other podcast. It's called Her Money with Jean Chatsky. It's a weekly conversation all about money specifically for women. And again, a big thank you to Jason Cowens and Aaron Smith from Edelman Financial Engines for joining us this week. Hope you all have a terrific week, everybody. Why is an estate plan a foundation of your legacy? You've worked hard to build wealth. Shouldn't you make sure your legacy is protected and carefully maintained, especially for your loved ones? Join us for our brand new webinar, Estate Planning, Strategies That Can Strengthen Your Legacy, on Tuesday, May 24th at 3 p.m. or 8 p.m. Eastern. It's easy to sign up. Just register now at planefe.com. Everyday Wealth with Soledad O'Brien and Gene Chatsky is sponsored by Edelman Financial Engines. Listen in each week to hear fresh and compelling insights and strategies to help you elevate your financial potential. To learn more, visit our website, everydaywealth.com. Find our show wherever you stream your favorite podcast. The Cairo Radio Text Line is brought to you by State Roofing. It's officially spring and a great time to reacquaint yourself with the King County Library System. With libraries in nearly every King County community, plus newly expanded hours, rediscover all the resources and events your library offers, such as online, outdoor, and in-person programming, including story time for families. Enjoy books and materials in many formats and languages, including e-books and audiobooks. And starting May 4th, public meeting rooms will be available for booking. Learn more at kcls.org. That's KCLS.org. Nearly half the homes in western Washington are not properly insulated or not insulated at all. Sound like your home? Then call for your free inspection. InsulationNorthwest.com Richard Sherman, Nate Burleson, and more greats are joining Doug Baldwin, Mike Bennett, and Cliff Averill for the first ever Champions of Change Celebrity Basketball Game, June 26th at Climate Pledge Arena. Tons of fun, entertainment, and shenanigans with Gary Payton and Marshawn Lynch as coaches. And the return of The Real Rob Report with Michael Robinson as sideline 
Dateline and Locker Room Reporter. Don't miss the Champions of Change Celebrity Basketball Game, June 26th, sponsored by Safeway. Visit Ticketmaster right now to get your tickets starting at only $10. Folks advanced, why did you choose Advanced Hair? Well, first off, they're locally owned. They are strong local contributors impacting thousands of lives in our community, including mine. Secondly, Advanced Hair's top-rated physicians use breakthrough technology. Advanced FUE begins regrowing your own natural hair the very next day. Lastly, you get Advanced Hair's industry-leading guarantee. Find out if you qualify for $250 off and 250 free hair grafts at your free consultation, 425-449-8185 or advancedhair.com. When it comes to entertainment, Tulalip Resort Casino is one of my favorite places to go for food, fun, and relaxation. You can enjoy hours of fun, watch a musical performance, and then stay overnight in one of their luxurious guest rooms. Find out more at TulalipCasino.com. The Big Lead on the Dory Munson Show every afternoon at noon and 2.